So if you have your Bibles, let's go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. If you don't have your Bibles, we have the scripture uh, there on the screen. And so it says this. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so we've been on a series called The Four Gifts of Christmas. And what we've been talking about is these four uh, characteristics that the, uh, that the um, prophet Isaiah gives about Jesus. So he calls him four different names, and we've been unpacking each one of those names for the past uh, four weeks. And today we are culminating with the last one, which is Prince of of peace. But before we continue, I want to invite you to come back to church next Sunday. I want you to come back to church next Sunday because next Sunday we are doing a sermon uh, that is a standalone sermon. So it's one sermon and we're talking about vision. We're talking about vision. It's, it's called Vision Sunday and we're talking about the vision of our church, but also we're talking about a vision for your life. Sometimes you're like, hey man, I know I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm doing these things. I believe in God and all that kind of stuff. But what is the path that I am on? What is, the, what is it that God has called us to do? What is the vision for my life that God has for me? And if, so if you want to discover what the scripture says about the direction of your life, next Sunday is a standalone message that you want to be a part of because it's going to help you find direction and purpose. And so don't miss it. That's going to be next Sunday. But today we're going to talk about Prince of Peace, Prince of Peace, all right? So I want to ask you guys a, a, a question. How long should you wait for someone? Like if you're, gonna, if you're going on a date or if you're meeting with someone, you're going to a coffee shop like, and you're waiting, like how, how long should you wait? Okay, 30 minutes, anyone? One person, a couple, 30 minutes, okay, 20 minutes, 20 minutes well, over there. How about 15 minutes? 15, okay, okay. How about 10? 10? 10? 5? Anyone? Five, okay, five is a little, bit, a little bit short, right? So I think it's always happened to us, that, like we're waiting for someone, and then, you know, the person's not showing up, you're texting, they're not texting back, and you're asking the question, like, what should I do? Like, at what point do you realize that you've been stood up? Like, when, do you, when does it dawn on you that that person simply does not want to meet with you? Okay? It's a good question. I think disappointment is part of, of life. You know, and it's not a good feeling when you're disappointed in something. It's like, I think that this person just literally did not want to, to meet with me. How many of you guys have been disappointed in life? I think that's kind of a, kind of a, normal, a normal thing. My dad promised us 30 years ago that he was going to take our family on a trip to Europe. That was 30 years ago. That never happened. And I know that it's like, okay, it's kind of a running joke in our family because circumstances just didn't allow for a missionary family in a third world country to make a trip to Europe. And we all understand that, but I like to joke around with my family. In fact, I, I made a group text uh, just recently, actually last week, and it was my, my dad and my, you know, my immediate family, and I, I created this group, and it says, Trip to Europe. <laughs> and this is what I wrote. I said, hey guys, so we're still doing the Europe trip, right? Dad promised this trip to us two decades ago. It's actually three decades ago. Uh, so I decided to create this group to work out the details of the trip. Scheduling, tickets, countries we plan on visiting, etc. So I'm looking forward to your, to your feedback. And then my brother's answer was this. So that, that reaction tells you everything. Like, this is never going to happen, you know. It's just kind of a thing that we've dreamt about in the past, but it's not going to be a reality. So I think the empty promises happen all the time, right? We've all had empty promises. We've had this feeling of like, man, this never really, 
really happened. We see this in advertising all the time. I want to show you the difference between the promise that advertising makes versus what it actually is. We have a McDonald's Big Mac, for example, <laughs> right? I don't know if you guys remember the, the SpongeBob popsicles. There's the, what it promises, right? And then the, the reality of what, of what it is. Or, or Taco Bell, right? The crunch wrap. It's this promising, this delicious thing. And then you realize it's just a shadow of what's been, what's been promised. But this is, this is the world that we, that we live in, you know? But we just tend to get used to it. We live in a world full of empty promises. Now, what is it that this world is promising us? What is it that this world is essentially promising us? Like, like the things that they say, hey, I'm going to give you this, and it's going to make you happy, you may ask yourself, what is it that this promise is? And you may say, well, this is obvious. It's obvious what they're promising. Like if they're, they're promising you a car, you're thinking, well, when I get that car, then it's going to fulfill that need that I, that I have. When a, a, a vacation, you're saying, well, yeah, obviously what they're promising is the destination. When I get to that destination, then it's going to be, it's going to be great. You see this amazing restaurant with this beautiful food, and you're, you, you think that the, the satisfaction is going to come as a result of you, of you eating this food, but the reality of it is that they're, they're promising you something that, that you feel the void needed to be filled up, but in the moment that you get the thing that you thought was going to fill the void, it doesn't exactly feel like you thought it would. You see, John chapter 15 talks about this. Jesus talks about this, this void that we have, and we all have this void, and advertising understands that we have this Void, and they promise to fill it with the latest perfume or with the fastest car. The problem is that it's always somewhere in the future. Have you noticed? It's always somewhere in the future. It's always only when, only if. As soon as this happens, then I will be fulfilled in the void that I have in my in my heart, in my soul. Right, just a little bit further. So you ask yourself, how much money is enough? Well, no matter what your income is, the answer is always going to be the same. Just a little bit more. I'll get just a little bit more, and then when you get a little bit more, you're like, man, this doesn't feel like I thought that it would, it would feel. The great theologian Jim Carrey writes this. He says, I wish everyone could be rich, famous, and have all their dreams come true so that they can learn that that is not the answer. And so... Have you ever seen a dog chasing after its tail, right? It's like just, just this, you know, furious just search, like, what's this thing, you know? And sometimes it just tires him, he gets tired and just kind of gives up. And then sometimes he'll actually grab his own tail and he's like so disappointed because like, oh man, that was my tail, you know? But I think that that's true in life as well. We're chasing after this thing that promises to fulfill us, and even when we do get it, we realize that it's not what we thought that it would be. You see, we all have this desire. We all have this, this void, if you will. And the reason why we all have this void is not random. That void that we all feel was placed there by God. He placed that void in us. In fact, there's a Hebrew word for, for the fulfillment of this void, and it's the word very famously known. Some, some of you guys have heard me talk about this. It's the Hebrew word shalom. The word shalom is, is normally understood as peace, right? But the word shalom is much more than peace. It's fulfillment. 
It's satisfaction. It's a sense of balance. It's a sense of, of wholeness. It's this, this feeling that, oh, man, finally, everything's the way it should be. That's what the Bible describes at the beginning of, of the scriptures in Genesis with, with Adam and Eve. They had shalom. There's this perfect balance between everything the way that it should be. But that was lost because sin came into the world. And so imagine, imagine um, uh, a puzzle, right? You got this puzzle and there's all the pieces are in the puzzle. There's this one, there's one last piece of the puzzle and you, you can't find it anywhere. And then you find this, oh, well, here it is. So you find it and you, you place it in there and it's like it's not, it looked like it would fit, but it doesn't fit exactly. That's kind of what, what life is. You know, there's this void that we have, this missing piece, right? Um, and, and things in life seem like they're going to be able to fit in that, but it's not quite right. Nothing ever feels quite right, whether it's wealth, fame, drugs, experiences, possessions, all these pieces, they don't quite fit. They promise that they will fit, but in the moment when you try them, they don't fit. Why? Because that void was created in you by God to be filled by one single way. And that's what I want us to talk about here. You know, maybe you're here and you feel this every day. You have a sense in which things aren't the way that they should be. There's something off. There's something a little off. Your relationship, you have fear, you feel guilt. There's war, anger. There's different things that you feel like, this just, my life doesn't feel like it should be. There's something missing. And everything we do in life is an attempt to be able to fulfill this. Whatever it is that you do, whatever path you've decided, the reason why you get up in the morning is because you think that somehow in your life you're going to be able to fulfill this emptiness that you have. We all seek to restore this shalom. But there's a right way to fill it, and there is a wrong way to fill it. The Bible talks about this. There's, there's two ways. There, there's worldly peace, and then there's a peace that comes from Jesus. John 14, 27 says this. It says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So here's the thing. There's an empty promise of peace that comes from the world. And then there is an actual peace that, that Jesus talks about that he promises and he can deliver. The world can only offer it, but he can't deliver it. Because the only one that possesses it is Jesus. So maybe you're here today and you're, you're, you're in this thought pattern of thinking, well, only when this happens, then I'll be able to find what I am looking for. Maybe you're on that path. Or maybe you're here today and you have reached all of your goals. Maybe you have surpassed the goals that you set out for yourself at this time period, but you're still disappointed because it doesn't feel like you thought that it would feel. So what happened? What's missing? Why didn't it deliver like you thought that it would? Because it's simple. This is what it is. Because the world cannot deliver something that it doesn't possess. Jesus is the only one that can deliver it. It's only in Christ that you will find this fulfillment. Every other source is an empty promise. Now, here's the twist to everything. And I, I'm, I'm going to try to explain this the best that I can. There's a twist to this. Because the problem is that we can bring this same faulty idea 
of worldly peace into the church. We can bring the faulty idea of worldly peace into the congregation, into the church. And this is what I, what I mean. We bring this faulty idea of worldly peace and we retrofit it into the church. This is when it becomes dangerous. And as Christians, we can get sucked into believing that the peace that Jesus offers is the fulfillment of your worldly desires. Like, I got all these things that are all about me, and then I'm going to come into the church, and I'm going to follow Jesus, and then he's going to give me all of my worldly desires. An example of an out-of-context scripture is this, Philippians 4.13, maybe you've heard of this. It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so you read that, and you're like, man, through Christ, I can, I can do everything. Like, all I need is Jesus in my life, and if I have Jesus in my life, you know, he's going to allow for me to fulfill all of my, of my dreams. In other words, with Christ, I become unstoppable. Christ in my life, so I'm like a superhero. Like, I can, I can achieve all my dreams because I've got this person that's going to help me get there. He is my vehicle to get my money, vacation, a new car, promotion, success. And when you reach this, then you'll have the peace that you're looking for, right? So it's the, it's the same idea of going into the worldly peace, but with, through a different vehicle, namely Jesus. That's not only not what the verse is saying, but it's the exact opposite. Let me just read the context of what Paul is talking about here. He says, I'm not saying this. What he's saying is they gave him a gift. So he was receiving this gift, and he was, he was thankful because, hey, you took advantage of this opportunity to be generous with me. So he says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living with plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength, which is very different than saying, with Christ, I'm unstoppable. I'll be able to use Jesus to reach my personal goals. What the Apostle Paul is saying here is that whether I succeed or whether I fail, whether I have plenty or whether I am in want, whether I am hungry or whether I'm well fed, I am good because I have Christ and Christ is the one who gives me the ability to be able to have peace no matter what circumstance I am going through. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Now, side note here. I am a huge advocate for having goals, for having dreams, for, ha- for seeking blessings. Like, I have dreams and I have goals for myself. I have physical goals. I have personal goals, educational goals. I have family goals. I have church goals. And by the way, side note, I am super excited about 2024 for this church. 2024 is going to be an amazing year for this church. However... I know personally that if I achieve all of my personal goals or if I fail miserably in every single goal that I set out for myself, I know that my peace will not be shaken because the source of my peace is Christ himself. If Christ is with me, if Christ is with me, now that if Christ is with me, I am unstoppable. If Christ is with me, no matter what circumstance I am, I'm in, I am good. Because with Christ, I have everything. And if Christ isn't enough, nothing will be. 
You see, peace is not somewhere in the future. It's a lie. You can have it now. You see, there's a, there's, this is backwards because some of you believe that, that what Jesus is going to do is like Jesus is going to sort of transport you to a place where you have peace and he'll just kind of drop you off and leave. Like, okay, just grab Jesus, you know, take me to where I want and he drop, drops you off and then you're there and now you have, and now you have peace. That's not, what the, that's not what the message is. He is your peace. Jesus is your peace. Peace is not somewhere out there. It's not in the fulfillment of your goal. It's not in the happiness that you think that you're going to get. See, all of these things, joy and peace, has a name, and his name is Jesus. The only source of peace is Jesus himself, and the only one that can deliver it is him because he is the only one that possesses it. If you go anywhere else, you will be left wanting. John 16, 33 says this. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have Peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So he says, in me, in me, you will have peace. Only in Jesus will you find peace. Now, you may say, that's great, Pastor. Good. I get it. Jesus is the source of peace. He's the one that's going to give you peace. He's the prince of peace. But, but I, I don't feel it. Like, I, I don't feel the peace right now. I understand the concept, but I don't feel at peace right now. And let me tell you why. Because you're still waiting for something to happen. You're still waiting for something to happen. You're waiting. When this happens, you think falsely, when this happens, then I will have peace. Have you ever looked for a pen only to realize that it's in your ear? Okay. He's been here all along. The, the, the goal is not for you to wait for Jesus to come through for you. The goal is for you to understand that he already came through for you in every way that any person could ever come through for you. Not sometime in the future, but 2,000 years ago when he died on the cross and rose on the third day. You see, he is the Prince of Peace. And the problem is that as Christians, we have this faulty understanding that, that Christianity is about holding on to our salvation until we can exit this place. And that's not what it is. You see, the good news isn't that Jesus is coming. He is coming. The good news isn't that he is coming. That's not the main good news. The good news is that he came. And he did everything for us. And the enemy wants us to believe that it's not enough. We have everything that we need now. It's in front of you. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus says that over and over again. It is imminent. You can reach it. You can live it now, right now. That's what we celebrate today. We celebrate the coming of the Messiah. He came into this world. He lived a perfect life. He showed us how to live. He died on a cross. He rose on the third day. And in the meantime, you and I can have peace. This is for all humanity, and it's available now. Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. This is the Apostle Paul, and this is, this is the epitome of what we want. This is what you and I want. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If, if I am to go on living in the body, 
This will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Talk about having it all. He's like, if I live, I'm good. If I die, I'm good. I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. He wasn't waiting for anything to happen. He wasn't waiting for a financial breakthrough. He wasn't waiting for a healing. He wasn't waiting for a blessing. Nothing needed to happen because what needed to happen had already happened. He understood that. That's the message today. The same is true for you. The peace of Christ is available right now. I'm going to end with this. It's kind of a twist here. You know, addiction is a, is a terrible thing. Having an addiction is terrible. If you've, if you've had an addiction or you have an addiction or you know someone who has an addiction, I know what that's like. I've lived it personally. One of the things that happens in your life is you're like, oh, man, I can't believe I'm here again. Really? Again? Like, I know what this is. I've been here before. I know what it feels like. Why am I going back to the same thing? It's gonna, it feels horrible. I know what's going to happen after. Why did I do this again? Like, I knew. I knew because I went through this, and here I am once again in the same situation over and over again. If that's you today, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you live with someone who has an addiction, or if you've had an addiction in the past, you know what this is. The problem is that we can fall into this not necessarily with a substance abuse, but also with patterns in our life. You know, maybe you're here today and you're, you're seeking peace in places where you've been before. You're like, I know what this is. I've been in this relationship before. I've gone to this place. I've hung out with these people. I've, like, I've been here. Why am I going back to the same place again? I know there's, there's no peace here. I know that it promises peace. It doesn't deliver. I already know this. So if you're here today and, and maybe you've just tried the same thing over and over again, relationships, addictions, habit, religion, legalism, money, success, like all these things that you've got, you keep going back to, I want to I challenge you to look elsewhere today, to look elsewhere. I want to invite you to look at Jesus I want, to, I want to propose to you today that what the scriptures say about Jesus is actually true. That Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That he is the missing piece. Get it? Okay. The missing piece of the puzzle. He's the one. He fits perfectly. I want to propose that to you today. And I want to tell you that if you're new to us today, we've been praying about you. And we're so glad that you're here. And we believe it is not an accident that you're here. So I want to challenge you today to open your heart and let Jesus enter your life. The peace of Jesus to enter your life today. You may ask, well, how do I do that? How do I allow for the peace of Jesus to enter my life? Well, I want to propose two things. Number one, that you'll make Jesus the Lord of your life. And number two, that you'll make this church your church. Number one, I'm going to do a prayer right now. After I'm, I'm, I've got like 30 seconds left, I'm going to do a prayer. I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And if you pray this prayer with me, I want to invite you afterwards to go to the guest lounge. And we have, we have our welcome team there that's going to pray with you. So if that's you today, I want to ask you if we can all close our eyes and we can all bow our heads. 
Because maybe you're here today and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You want to receive this peace today. And if that's you today, I want to ask you to repeat this prayer. You don't have to repeat it out loud. You can repeat it in your heart. And just say, Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I need salvation. And I open my heart this morning for you to enter my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So.